What's so special about Hero Bread's soft, fluffy, and delicious breads, buns, and tortillas? These ultra-low net carb baked goods contain zero sugar, fewer calories, and more protein than the leading brands, and are high in fiber to support gut health. Shop now at Hero.co. Yo, 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 We are the Ill-Advised Wise Guys. It's your boy. We take off a fucking new Beezy for Sheezy. I ate too much on Thanksgiving easy, so now I'm big ass cute easy. <laughs> hey, hey, I don't know why you, you could you you had so many people you could have named that were big, but I, I see what you did. You didn't want to insult anybody, so you just insulted uh, yourself. It, I get it. It's the holiday season. Why would I want to insult anybody? That's effed up. Ha- happy Thanksgiving out there to everybody who had a um a wonderful and uh, gluttonous time. Uh, we are all the same, yo. Listen, if you got leftovers, feel free to donate. You know, we're we're here. Uh, we can give you guys the PO box. Just make sure it's food that tastes good and uh, yeah, seal it properly. That's all I ask. You know, that's it. You know. Oh, and by the way, I I'm I'm, I'm pre lactate lact, lactose intolerant, so it can't be anything that that has real milk in it. Just make sure it's almond milk. That's all I ask. That's it. You pre lactate you you pre lactose and what is that the hell does that even mean? I don't like, know. I just sound it just sounded cool to say. I don't fucking know. I'm crazy. I, I don't I don't drink real milk. I drink almond milk. That's what it means. All right. Well, if you say so. Okay. But I will say this. Oh, actually, you know what? Let me ask you. What was on your wait, 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 wait. This is episode. Hold the thought. This is episode eighty-seven. Eighty-seven. For those of you guys wondering, shout out to everybody on YouTube. Shout out to everybody on all of the audio podcasting platforms. We appreciate y'all for subscribing, listening. Now let's get back to the, the shenanigans. What, were, okay, what was your question? Now back to the shenanigans. What was on your Thanksgiving plate this year? Mm. All right. Well, uh, where can I start? So I had turkey. I had white meat and dark meat. Uh, I had macaroni and cheese with the with the oil that was like sizzling on the top. Bruh, my stomach almost exploded in a good way. I don't know how that's a good thing, but it almost exploded. Please give me that mac and cheese, please. But, yes, sir. Um, I'll take more boatloads. <laughs> I had collard greens. Uh, what else did I have? I had uh, uh, I had stuffing, aka dressing for the for the for the southern people in the in the crowd. Um, oh, I had fish. Had some baked fish. You ever had some halibut? You feel me? Halibut? Eh? 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 Fish? Uh, what, else? what else did I have? I had... Right. Fish? <laughs> um, and then I had, like, uh, a bunch of sweets, man. There was a bunch of miscellaneous things. I, I know I'm forgetting some shit, but we had a... It was just a lot on my plate, bro. And I had, like, three plates, including cake and pie. Um, wow. So if you guys are, if you guys see me on the bike trail this weekend, you know what the fuck I'm doing. Listen, I'm, I'm, I'm working this shit out, man. It's, it's going to be gone soon. We'll see. What'd you have though? Yeah, I, I got a busted ass bike, but I, I can, I can meet you at the bike trail. Remember I, 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 I bought a bike dog. Oh, I'm part of the bike club, bro. I, I forgot about, I forgot about that. I'm, about, I'm part of the bike club. I'm, I'm coming out there. It's just that we so far apart. That nah, hell no. Nah, nah wait up. Nah, hell no. Nah. I, dude, I, I ride past your neighborhood all the fucking time. Just come okay. outside. We'll pull, pull up. Pull up. Um, What'd you have, was man? on my plate. So I had turkey, just like you. I had mac and cheese. 
I had uh, broccoli salad, which I love broccoli salad. Oh my god! Oh my never, god! I, ne- I never even heard of such a such a concoction. Oh my god! You never tasted broccoli salad? Was I supposed to? Why no. Why are you saying that? Like like there's something you are, wrong with you are un-American. You are un-American, my friend. My brother, that is a compliment <laughs> in 2020. Thank you. <laughs> I had potato salad. I had collard greens. I had apple pie. I had corn. I had, uh, what else did I have? Damn, uh, green beans. I had green beans. Yo, I listen, listen, hold on. Let's, let's go back to the, let's go back to the broccoli salad. That is the most ill-advised dish I've ever heard. What are you talking about? What is a broccoli salad? What is that? You never had broccoli salad? Clearly not. I'm asking you to explain why anyone would have a, a salad where the basis of the salad it seems to be broccoli. Yeah. Is, that what, is that what you're saying? Oh, you're going to be, your, your mind's about to be blown. You know what goes into broccoli salad? Broccoli. Broccoli. <laughs> uh, oh, no, no, listen, listen. Chinese broccolini. Eh? Listen, listen, no, no, you're going, it's even crazier. So broccoli salad has broccoli, raisins, uh, sunflower seeds. I'm already gone. I'm out. Mayo. Oh, hell bacon, no. Bacon's in there. Like, it's, but it's, it's legitimately really good. Like, it's very, very, very good. Don't think broccoli. Like, you're just thinking, you're thinking that, that, that veggie that yeah, your parents told you not to eat. It's different. Now you know what's crazy. I, let me let me really good. I, I'm gonna be real. I actually love broccoli, but broccoli salad, especially after you just named all the ingredients, to me, I gotta see that and taste that to believe it. Because mayo and, and, and mayo and anything throws it throws it off of me. I'm not a fan of mayo. What you I'm talking about? Here. They put mayo in potato salad. What are you talking what's your, about? What's your point? What does that have to do with me? If you are anti-potato salad, I'm, I'm, I'm calling my shooters. Nah, I'm calling you... shooters to, to, to go to your household. <laughs> nah, my hey, wolves nah. will be at your door by 10 a.m. tomorrow. Nah, I, I do like potato salad, but just not smothered in a whole bunch of mayo. Just give me a decent amount, please. I'm very particular about mayo in food. Very you are, particular. You are African. You are so African. Thank you. Thank oh you. Gosh. No, I did not. <laughs> I bet you did, though. I did not, actually. But I will be getting jello. Who, who, where, where was the plantain? Huh? Where was the plantain? Where was the king candy? Where was the king candy? Where was the soup? Did you have some of that, too? Did you start Thanksgiving with the breaking of the cola nut? First, first you take cola nut. Everybody just take the cola nut, break the cola nut. And you take it, 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 it's, it's no, you break. Make, make sure you said <laughs> custard circuit. Make sure, make sure you cut the you cut the neck of the tur- the turkey because the, when you cut the neck of the turkey, the, the turkey is very sweet. It's very very very, very sweet. Eh? sweet now. With, with cola nut on the side and, and with the with the peanut butter and the yam, the, the yam, the, the yam, nash. Yam, that's true. The you, yam. you know, the, the yam. Oh. You make not, sure you do. Do not forget the yam. Oh. Ew. Now what? Hey, hey. hey. Pray, praise be to God for Thanksgiving. Anyway, back to regular scheduled programming. 
listen, we don't know what the hell y'all had, but hey, if you get inspired, let us know what you guys had for a Thanksgiving meal. Just make sure it didn't have a lot of mayo in it or uh, we can't speak anymore. Uh, just saying. Woo! Uh, other than that, though, man, what you been up to? What you been up uh, to? You know, chilling, man. Like, you, I feel like this, this, this holiday was a very weird one. You know, you don't get to see as many people as you wish. But then at the same time, it was a relaxing one. I got finally got some time to relax, kick back. I was in Iowa. I was in Iowa the last week. I was in St. Louis the last week. The dirty, dirty, the dirty. It's funny because St. Louis is not even that dirty. So I don't know what Nelly was talking about. I'm talking about dirty ENT. St. Louis is actually a very nice, clean city. And, uh, you know, there's not that many lunatics on the streets. So where did he get St. Lunatics from? So um, I, I was in these great Midwest places and I had myself a blast. Oh, that's good. That's good, man. Um, get the, it's nice to get away, especially um, especially with family, though, man. Like, that was your first time in St. Louis, though, right? So I'm in St. Louis. No, nah, that's dope, man. You get to get a little discovery time, find some new spots, you know? Stay away from the crazy people in the Midwest. Hey, the Midwest is where they have uh, people walk to Walmart and 7-Eleven with guns in their hands. You are statist, not not racist, statist. That hey, man. Statist comment, because that doesn't happen. At least stay woke, stay woke. You know good and damn well, you saw somebody, if you didn't see it, there was somebody you didn't notice with a firearm in their hand walking around like it's normal. That's what happens in the Midwest. Perhaps. What are you talking about? Perhaps or right. prob probably not. I did do top golf. I didn't see any guns there, but oh. I did top golf there. No oh, guns. Nice. Yeah, top golf was yeah. dope. No, nah, that's tight. For me though, for me, I was just at the crib, man. Um, hosted family shit, you know. Get some uh, some good food. Watch some movies. I did watch that Kevin Hart special, which I know that's not a topic on our um our, our show, but um. It wasn't that funny though, man. Kevin Hart, Kevin Hart, that special, you know, the one where he, did you see it? You know what I'm talking about? I, I heard about it, but I didn't watch it yet. It's called, um, don't give two fucks or, or, or two fucks not give. I can't remember the name. Yeah. But anyway, yeah, it wasn't that good. I did like his presentation. He was wearing pajamas, this fitted pajama outfit, which was dope. Uh, but the jokes was just not hitting, bruh. It, it, it just wasn't hitting like that. I think he's. I digress. He's, he's not. He's not as funny as he used to be. Like, yeah. What is what is that about, man? I, I I've been trying to figure out like why he is more funny in interviews and in in, in, in like regular improv type situations yeah. versus the stand up stuff. He's way more funny. Like he's actually hilarious. Yeah. In interviews and improv versus stand up. What is going on with this guy? Yeah. I think he's still a funny person but like his stand-ups because even the one before this one i felt like didn't hit like i thought it would but um yeah i don't know dave Chappelle is still reigning supreme in my opinion he's still probably the funniest person on stand-up that i can think of dave Chappelle is the man um they ain't come here for no dave Chappelle, so let's jump into the damn music topics shall we i think so I think even so. though dave Chappelle is a legend and a goat and the modern day Socrates, uh, Aristotle, whatever philosopher you want to freaking throw in. Uh, I believe Dave Chappelle's a great, but anyway, y'all ain't come here for that. So let's get to the, he's a modern day philosopher. 
you are tripping today. You are That's taking, a fact. You are taking drugs, delights, and we've never seen before with your takes today. Hey, man, I just, I speak facts. That's all I do. I don't do anything other than that. All right. Uh, shall we move on to the actual show, sir? Can we I, do that? I think so. All right, let's do that. So, uh, man, this is one of my favorite topics to to get into, uh, at, at least on this show, specifically for this episode, because you and I, we've been going back and forth about this topic for the longest, and it is the Grammys and the importance of the Grammys and why artists seem to be tripping about the Grammy nods and, 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 and who is nominated, who is not nominated. I think this is a perfect opportunity to touch on that subject because the Grammy nominations for 2021 was announced and you better believe there were a lot of people who were unhappy. And I ain't talking about D smoke fans. I am talking about people who uh, the culture felt like should have been recognized for the Grammys um, seem to have been left out for whatever reason. Um, so yeah, I wanted to talk about that with you, man. Cause you know, uh, outside of the obvious people, which I'll get, we'll get into in a little bit. Like, let's let's actually talk about why people care about the Grammy so much. Like, are these artists, and and whether or not there can ever be a platform that can be run independently of the Grammys that will ever mean as much, or even close to as much as the Grammys seem to do for artists. What, what what's your take on you know the 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 Grammys? in general, and then also some of the people who you maybe felt should have been on the uh, the Grammy nomination list that were not on the Grammy nomination list. And by the way, I ain't talking about no country music. So we, I'm gonna be very clear. We are a centrally rap, hip hop, R&B show, and we're gonna be sticking to those specifically <laughs> for this particular review, but go ahead, bro. I ain't oh, got so time for Beck. About, we ain't talking about Blake Shelton? I ain't, talk, I ain't, got, I ain't got time for no Beck. I ain't got time for uh, Billie <laughs> Eilish. Nah, man, we're cool. What? Okay, so um, you know, honestly, I think people really started to question the Grammys when they had the nerve to say that Macklemore and Ryan Lewis's uh that album that they had. I think it's the Heist. Is that what it's called? No, I believe it was the Heist. The it Heist might have been the one right after, but I, I'm pretty sure it was the Heist. Was, yeah, let me look that up. They had the nerve to say that that album was better than Kendrick Lamar's. Uh, Good Kid, Mad City album. So I actually like Macklemore. I'm, I'm, I, I don't think that album is bad, but when you make such a monumental mistake, a mistake that everybody as clear as day can tell that Good Kid, Mad City is the best album and it ends up going to Macklemore, people start to open their eyes up. And each year they've made some type of mistake like that. And not colossal like that one, but mistake after mistake after mistake. And now it's gotten to a point where you can't make any more mistakes. You guys are we're already on thin ice. Um, so what that tells me, there's a disconnect between the people that are in the Grammy committee and the people that listen to hip hop music on a daily basis. I don't think they understand like what is actually like good music in hip hop anymore. I think what the Grammys try to do is they try to be like, yo, we know music more than you guys. 
So we're going to go and pick somebody random as hell to say they have the album of the year just to prove a point that like we know music more than the average consumer. It's almost like music, hip hop music in particular, people are ashamed of mainstream. There's nothing to be ashamed of when it comes to mainstream music. Music is good if it's good. Like I'm, I'm tired of this whole thing of like somebody knows more about music. Underground music is the real hip hop. Uh, 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 boom bap rap is the real hip hop. That's what should be getting credit. No, good music is good music. And to me, the Grammy, the Grammy committee has just not been able to understand that notion. And I, I think that's the problem that they're having right now. Yeah. So with that, nah, that's facts. And with that, let's get into some of these nominations, man. Um, best rap album, we got D Smoke with Bad Habits. I actually remember that album. I remember um, um, didn't on, on Raiden's Game Music, didn't Koei do that? Koei did it. Am I tripping? Koei did that, right? I believe she gave it an A. So uh, listen, and I heard it. I heard it too. So I'm not, I'm not even sitting here saying the album was trash. Like the album was really, really good. This is I think I think the biggest thing, and and, and this needs to be said too because I don't see a lot of people saying this enough. You know, when 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 you have a difference of opinion as far as who should be on the Grammy uh, nomination list, yes, it takes away from the people who are uh, who were nominated, but it doesn't mean the the things that we don't believe should be there. It's trash by any means, you know, it's just more so us saying, or at least I'm speaking for myself, me saying there is something that was better, more commercially successful. It touched the culture more. It deserves more recognition than the things that were presented to the Grammys and presented to the people. So with D Smoke being nominated for best rap album of the year, huh? Yo, listen, listen. Let me let me get into some album. You know what? Okay, before I get into that, let me just read the list. For those of you guys who are not familiar, we got Freddie Gibbs and the Alchemist with uh, his their joint album called Alfredo, dope ass project. I'm, I'm a fan of that. J Electronica, a written testimony. You and IQ, we talked about that album at length, uh, shit, a while ago. Y'all can go back and listen to our review of that. I, I'll give you guys the episode link. Uh, sorry, the episode number of which one we talked about that. Uh, King's Disease by Nas. And then The Allegory by Royce the Five Nine. Listen, you, you'll get no argument from me. I think every album on there was a great album this year. It was either really good to great. However, here are some albums that I believe should actually have been listed for best rap album of the of the year. Um, number one, Roddy Rich. Now I know what people are gonna say. The Grammy committee. Oh, but we want to put him in melody, uh, progressive rap, uh, whatever the hell you guys call what Roddy Rich does, because he's not a traditional rapper. If you notice, everybody on that list, with the exception of D Smoke, who is a singer. And he even speaks Spanish. Can you believe that? Like, he speaks fluent Spanish. Incredible performance he put up on that album. However, 
I believe the the performance that Roddy Rich did uh, and had on Please Excuse Me for being antisocial, number one, was more commercially successful, and it was just better. Like it hit the culture better. How, how the hell are we gonna ignore and act like Roddy Rich didn't drop an incredible debut album? I digress. That's one. Q, would you agree with that, or you got any? You got you have you disagree? We we can go down the list. I agree. It was also uh, very successful. Yeah, go ahead. It did really good on the Billboard charts. That means something. Hell yeah! And 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 while and while Roddy Rich seemed to have been acknowledged for some of his songs, like the box, he got a lot of love on the Grammys for that in nominations. Which I mean, that's no surprise. But um, I just felt like Pop Smoke, um, Shoot for the Stars, Aim for the Moon, Lil Uzi Vert, Eternal A Take, uh. Little Baby, My Turn. Some of those four albums to me deserved more of a, deserved more recognition, in my opinion, than Bad Habits by D Smoke. And I would even, I would even take out a written testimony by Jay Electronica. It's not me taking shots at him per se, but I just don't believe the album should be Grammy nominated as best rap album of the year. I think where we have gotten to with the Grammys, it seems like these people on the board seem to have an agenda to wanna to wanna highlight and prop up people who are traditional hip hop. Remember, you and I, Q, we talked about this last episode and how traditional artists don't really like the success of alternative hip hop and some of the new school guys, right? And I, and I think this is kind of in, 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 that, in that vein, you know, it seems like the industry, the, 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 the powers that be, quote unquote, don't seem to be comfortable with giving credit where credit is due to some of the new school guys. But I just think it's crazy to me how those albums went unnoticed. You say what to that? I agree, 100%. I mean, it, if you look down the line, every one of those people are lyricists. Like D Smoke's a lyricist, um, uh, uh, Freddie Gibbs a lyricist, uh, Jay Electronica a lyricist. Like there was no love for that melodic rapper, but then at the end of the day, melodic rap is what's dominating. So in it's like, it, like I said, it just goes back to the whole like feeling of what do you think real hip hop is, and and I get it. Like if you were just trying to nominate one person. Okay, I get it. You pick one person, but give some variety. Like hip hop is not one dimensional. If you're gonna give two, three lyricists an opportunity, uh, give of uh, somebody that does melodic rap an opportunity. Like you know, that's why one of the proudest moments, in my opinion, in Grammy's history was seeing Trap Queen on there, like a couple years back. Like Trap Queen absolutely deserved to be nominated for Grammy even though a lot of people are going to say, oh yeah, that, that, that's stupid rap or that's brain dead rap. Like at the end of the day, it's not about what you want. It's about you noticing as a Grammy committee, what's good, what's impactful, what's, what's, what's pretty much revolutionary in terms of hip hop. And to me, those albums are all good. But when you look back in retrospect, they're not revolutionary albums. They're just really good rap albums. You know what I mean? Like right. it didn't change anything. But if you would have gave Lil Uzi Vert a Grammy, 
or like nominated him for a Grammy, you're recognizing where rap is going and 10 years from now is going to look better that you actually gave not had that as a nominee. It's right. gonna, you can't be right. looking backwards. You got to be looking forward also. And to me, the Grammys is the highest level of music award. And if you're going to be the highest level of music award, you got to be more responsible than that, in my opinion. Yeah, and and to cap this all, because I, I want to, I do want to move on. You know, I, I want to point out that the weekend who dropped a album which was incredibly well performing this year called After Hours was nowhere near the list this year for R and B, for alternative, for anything. He was not mentioned. And um, Drake, some of your favorite artists are seem to be coming out every single day. And, and this, and by the way, Drake has won Grammy. So this is not somebody who's never won a Grammy feeling salty. He even went up on the stage and said, yo, this Grammy don't mean anything. Like, it doesn't mean anything. I don't understand why we put too much emphasis on this particular award. Um, however, The weekend was snubbed. I think that's egregious. I think it makes no sense. Uh, everybody's coming out, man. So I think ultimately, man, we got to figure out... Um, are we still going to support the Grammys? Like, and, and, and bigger than that, how have we given this amount of power to the Grammys where they can make the emotions of these artists just get, just get distorted and just taken aback? You know what I'm saying? Like, it seems to be a very emotional hit. I mean, look at somebody like Wale, who's been seemingly in his entire career aiming to get a Grammy. I've, I've heard him in interviews like, yo, man, I want a Grammy. I want a Grammy. I want a Grammy. And he refuses to be acknowledged by the Grammy board, you can argue whether that's right or wrong. But to me, that puts you in the mind of the artist. They seem to want that prize. However, the people who are rewarding them don't get it, period. They don't get it. Maybe maybe what they need to do is make a new, a new genre like that they recognize. Like rap is, it's too dynamic to just say rap. Like you need something like maybe melodic rap maybe, I don't know, alternative rap, progressive rap, like we, we discussed last episode. You gotta come up with something else because way too many people are getting snubbed. I get it. I get their way of thinking because if you think about it, like some of these albums are very high quality, I know, but too many people are getting snubbed that actually put out really good bodies of work. But I will say this, just to close out, one last thing. Right. I'm glad they just did not put Eminem as a nominee. I feel like every <laughs> single time Eminem comes out with an album, they put him as a nominee. Eminem's albums have been horrible. Well, you know why. They put him as a nominee. You know so, why he's on the nominee so list. I'm, I'm, they learned because Eminem was, Eminem was eligible to be a nominee. He did not make it with his uh, music to be murdered by. So they're learning a little bit, but they still got a long way to go. I suppose, we'll call that learning. We're going to close that topic out. Let's move on, man. Um, if you guys want the full list of Grammy nominees, just go Google it and, and be upset because it'll probably make you mad. Let's move on. Uh, yo, let's talk about Gucci, man, and Jeezy. Uh, wow. I never thought I would see the day when Gucci, man, and Jeezy would, would um, reunite, if you will, and have any type of interaction, especially publicly. Never thought I would see that. But they recently faced off on the versus battle series. 
um, and and win and and they duped it out. They went at it. Yo, hey, can we be real for a second? At what point in the battle where did you become nervous? Was it before, during, or after the battle? What point were you nervous as hell? Because I'm gonna be real. For me, I was nervous when they put the flyers up. Dude, when the flyers went up, I said, no, there's no way they're going to be in the same room. I don't believe it. They're going to do this through Zoom. If they're in the same room, it's going to be hella security. I will say the battle exceeded my expectations. 100% exceeded my expectations. I was was scared of shit. I was was scared shitless. I was was very nervous. And and the, the nerves did not go away ever. Like while the battle was going on, the nerves still didn't go away. When all the craziness started happening within the battle, my nerves still didn't go away. I was sure somebody was gonna go on the other side and punch each one of each. <laughs> somebody was gonna leave that little damn divider that they had <laughs> and punch some of them. I am glad violence didn't happen. We we got enough of that, but I mean, it was dope as hell, man. Like the, the whole idea behind it. Especially given this year, the craziness that's happened this year, we needed that, man. I ain't gonna lie. Thanks. No, but you know what though? I think, um, and we all know we heard, we saw the battle, we heard the songs, we lived those moments. If you're old enough, you you remember the times where these both these two gentlemen was out here lighting the streets up. Jeezy was the one banning, getting banned from schools, talking about y'all. You couldn't wear snowman shirts. Uh, Gucci man was hitting the streets with the real street people. Like he had that on lock. Um, But if we take this a different route, you know, with this battle, to me, there were two things that I learned from this battle. One, and this is probably the most obvious one, was that (laughs) both of these dudes deserve credit for even getting up there. Because if if you have heard the stories from both of these guys as far as why they are beefing, where they've been beefing for over 15 to 20 years in the first place, you will understand why the beef, why the beef exists. Supposedly, Gucci Man was attacked by one of Jeezy's people. And if you guys remember, Gucci Man ended up going to jail because he actually murdered somebody off, off a self-defense charge, um, which at the time, everybody gave Gucci a whole lot of credit for standing up for himself and all of that. But it, but over the years, it's always been very murky as far as like why these two were beefing. Did Jeezy really have something to do with this? You know. And so hearing hearing Gucci even at the versus battle still maintain this narrative that Jeezy had something to do with the guy who tried to kill him. It just made it so real to me. And so I, at that point, I had to be like, damn, even though I recognize that Jeezy is trying to be the bigger person, right? He's trying to be the bigger person and we got to give him credit for that. I actually am not mad at Gucci, man, for feeling so upset still. You know what I'm saying? Like he was antagonizing him all throughout the battle. And it's like, damn, yo, like if somebody tried to come for your life, and you feel like the person that you had to defend yourself and kill was a partner or was is affiliated with somebody that you had beef with 15, 20 years ago, hey, I might be upset still too. You know what I'm saying? Like, I get it. 
that was the other thing that I realized about this battle was like, damn, yo, people be holding on to grudges for so fucking long, but some grudges is different than others. If somebody comes to your life, that's a whole nother type grudge if somebody stole your damn candy back in grade school. I was, <laughs> I was going to say, like, to me, I, I had to cons- constantly remind myself just that. Like, when I'm like, yo, Gucci's kind of aggressive. Gucci's being the aggressor. Gucci's being a little more disrespectful than Jeezy's being. And I had to remind myself, like, yo, this dude, you throughout the years have been accusing him of hiring somebody to kill you. Like, to me, I don't think you confront that situation very lightly. Like, this is my one opportunity to kind of, and this, remember guys, it's a battle, right? And I also think that Gucci man, he did that to make sure his homies know, I didn't hold back. Like, this isn't no, like, buddy-buddy thing. This is a battle. I didn't hold back. I didn't let this dude just do whatever he wanted. I actually told him. But even though it was, you know, somebody died in this whole situation, you know. So, you know, the whole part where he was kind of, like, talking about he buried his homie, I was like, God. Like, like I, I was actually... Speechless. There's only been a few times in this year that I've been speechless. <laughs> I was legit speechless, like when I heard that, and he was talking about damn smoked such packs. I was like, "Yo, bro," but I get it. <laughs> Yo, when 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 uh, I think the moment you're talking about, at least there were several moments for me, but that one moment, the one that really got me was when G uh, Gucci was just going at him, going at him. And then it's almost, it almost felt like Jeezy had enough. And he was just like, dog. He was like, yo, like, yo, we've been through a whole lot. And he gave a little speech, right? He was like, yo, we've been through a whole lot. He was like, man, it's been 15, 20 years, right? And Gucci corrected him, maybe 15 years. It's like, dog, like, why are you correct? They seem to be at odds as whether it was 15 or 20 years. I noticed that, I noticed the small things in, in, in in the battle, it was almost like that was a pride thing, but whatever. But Jeezy was over here trying to tell Gucci, man, yo, man, it's bigger than me and you. He's like, yo, look at what just happened to King Von. Look at what just happened to Boosie. Look at what, like, somebody shot Boosie. Look at what happened to Mo3 in Texas. The dude that signed to Boosie got shot and killed. Um, Pop Smoke, oh, he, he, had, he was trying to remind Gucci, man, that the battle, the beef between, you know, them, them two dudes was was minuscule in the overarching grand scheme of what hip hop and rap has, has meant to people um, historically. And even up till now, man, you've seen people die and it's, and it's being reflected in the music. I thought that was a real grown up mo- moment for Jeezy um, that he's shown in that. But again, like I said, after the battle, I was like, "Damn, I understand why why, why Gucci was at, was going at him like that." Like, I would probably feel the same way. I'm, I'm gonna be real with you. Like, it takes a lot for both of them dudes to even get up there in the first place, and then for them to leave with the so icy record and, and, and do that together, I thought that was big for um for both of them dudes. You could tell they both were happy. If you just watched it, they just seemed to be enjoying themselves, man. You know what I'm was like a burden. That was, that was a moment. That was a, a moment. Burden was lifted because remember, it is one of the weirdest stories in hip hop history. If you really think about it, like I remember, 
I'm old enough to remember, guys, when that song was out and that song was popular. And to think that it was never performed for like the last 15, 20 years until that day. And, and, and the, the, what makes their story even weirder is they both came out, both brand new artists, both became legends in hip hop, both legends. And they were always at odds and you always had to pick between the two, who you wanted to like roll with. Both legends. And at the time, you don't know. And so Icy came out, you didn't know. Matter of fact, I thought Boo was going to be the legend, the person that was singing the hook. I was like, that's the person that has a future. The person singing, ah, these heads inside. What happened to him? Where was he? I thought that was going to be a legend when it first came out because that was the catchiest part. But but yeah, oh, I, mean, I said, history. Oh, that shit was that. That was that even. I'm not gonna. I'm not gonna lie. Like Gucci Man and Jeezy were both at their primes when we were trying to grow up as men. So like a lot of the songs that they were playing hit us, struck a chord with me. Same thing with Gucci. Like like Jeezy's struck a chord with me more. That's why I'm gonna say I think Jeezy won that battle. But like Gucci Man struck a chord with me too. And and like to think that it came full circle. And they went back to where they started. Man, that was this was one of the biggest moments in hip hop history. Nobody wants to say it. No, it really is. People are scared to say stuff like that. This is easily, to, especially for me, one of the biggest moments in hip hop history. Real talk. No, that's well said. And I'm gonna be real with you, man. Depending on how you looked at this battle, will determine who you actually believe won the battle. If we judging this straight off of music and musical impact and whose whose songs hit harder, right? Whose songs were more charting, which ones were more recognizable? I'll be real with you. I'm going Jeezy all day. Like it's not even close to me. I think he dominated musically and that's my opinion. But we're not from Atlanta. There's a lot of people who might disagree with that and that's cool. But if I'm looking at this, not through the music lens, and I'm looking at this off of just mano e mano street lens that I don't live. The fact that Gucci Man was even standing there talking crazy, like he was talking to Jeezy, the music didn't even mean it. The music was secondary. Like that was just, that was like an add on to me. You know what I'm saying? So it just depends on how you looked at it, you know, how, how you viewed who won to me. But again, the verse is supposed to be about music. So I'm going Jeezy easily. Like, I mean, it's about Jeezy won. I, I thought Jeezy won all around. I thought Jeezy, Jeezy won when it came to music. Jeezy won when it came to bravado. Like he he just came in there like I'm a boss. Like he almost treated Gucci Man like a peasant. Like look at this peasant that I'm willing to work with. Not that he is a peasant, or not that he thought that he is a peasant or anything like that. It just seemed like he felt like I'm the king. Like, come on, man, this is no competition. Like I'm doing you a favor that I'm doing his verses. That was kind of how Jeezy approached it, in my opinion, mm-hmm. I which was, was dope. Like that's a great mentality. I For thought sure. Gucci Man won just because, like you said, the fact that he was there, that's a win for Gucci Man already. Like the fact that you are willing to like battle this dude and be yourself. Yeah. He it didn't feel like he not a single second did he feel like a sucker to me. 
Not a single second. I was like, when they had the uh, the flyers out and stuff like that, I was like, this is a moment where one of them can look like a sucker. Like somebody can end up looking like a sucker in this situation. Not a single moment that I think Gucci looked like a sucker. That's a win to me. Yeah, yeah. Man, shout out to yo. This, to me, the verses has had a couple moments this this uh this pandemic, where I really felt like, damn, yo, they see this is the impact that they can have. That one with Jeezy G- and Gucci, by far, tops the list. To me, the one before that was uh, DMX and Snoop. I swear that shit that that shit hit. That was that was a moment to me. Um, but anyway, you guys, DMX, let us know what you think about the DMX about the verses. Having moments. DMX cannot go a day without having a moment. No, that DMX one was epic. <laughs> I'm telling you, man, that shit was so good. Man, I was yeah. just to let you know, I stopped watching Dateline and watched that. I actually watched that versus. I, I that is the only versus that I actually watched. You believe you, it or not. You snapped you snapped that out of your only you snapped verse. out of your your ridiculous trance you've been in because now you're now you're here where you're supposed to be. No, I'm out. I'm not watching another verses. You did over here talking about Patty Labelle and, oh, and I'm out. I'm not. about to do no, no, no. I'm not doing that. Hell no, dude. I didn't even watch Brandy and uh and, and Monica. Hell no. That, that, that was millions, millions on that. Millions upon millions of people, and I didn't watch it. <laughs> Yo, let's move on, man. You want to kick this next one off? Oh, yeah. Yes, sir. Yes, we can. Once I turn on my, my laptop. Got Megan. It's Megan Thee Stallion, sir. I'm Megan on. I'm on Thee Stallion. Good news dropped. What do you think of the album, my brother? I know you supposedly have a rant that you want to do. Nah, man. Come on, man. I need, don't my, I need to get my popcorn out. Where's my popcorn? Ah, man. Don't, don't oversell it like that, man. Listen, I'm just here to talk to the people. That's all. I'm just chilling, you know. I'm just here to speak truth to power. <laughs> it's always respectful. I say that respectfully. <laughs> it's always respectful, man. Listen, I, I leave with love because listen, man, you know, as as everybody all as everybody knows, we, we obviously don't know what happened to uh Megan the Stallion when she's been going through a whole lot in her real life. I believe, at least that's what she would lead us to believe. And I have no reason to doubt that, right? Like she is, she's somebody who is at the forefront of rap to me. That's how I look at her right now. She has all of the, 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 the sponsorship. She has all of the backing. She is aligned with Beyonce. She got a whole song called Savage with Beyonce, which was, by the way, I didn't mention this, was nominated for a Grammy like three times. So it's clear to me that people believe that she is uh, that next superstar. However, um, I just feel like the album that she just dropped called Bad... Uh, damn, whoops. I was about to say bad news. Uh, and that was not a joke. Uh, good news <laughs> was bad. <laughs> that was comedic genius right there. No, no, no that was actually that an accident. That was comedic genius right there. That was an accident, I promise you. Um, I don't know, man. It's hard for me to figure out where to start with this album because I've I've been listening to the landscape. I've been I've been surveying the the landscape because, you know, listen, we we do a show here where we talk about music all day, every day. We review albums, you know, and sometimes our reviews, in my opinion, at least I'll speak for myself, but I I can 
definitely feel like I can speak for you. Sometimes you're a little early on your take. Sometimes I feel like, damn, you know what? Let me go back to the drawing board. Maybe I missed something, you know? Like, damn, did I, was I tripping? Um, with this album, I heard it about twice and um, I just don't feel like it, it, it's, it's a quality album. Like the music does not hit. And, and, and while not, I know a lot of people feel like, damn, but Megan Thee Stallion, she don't make music for dudes. So how could you, as a guy, even evaluate her music properly? That's that I've been seeing a lot of that on, online. I've been seeing a lot of people saying that, like, oh, you just don't get it. Bro, did we not get it when Cardi B dropped an album? Uh did we did we did we not get it when the city girls dropped an album? Dude, we came on this podcast. If you guys have been keeping up with us, City Girls dropped City on Lock. And while they are the most ratchet of the ratchet content wise in, in, in terms of what they talk about you know i'm i'm no i give it up man like i i was quick to be like yo man city girls did their thing on that album that was actually a good album to me like it was good for what they do i would say that's a good album to me for what megan the stallion does it was not a good album it lacked it lacked originality it lacked depth the songs seemed empty um even a lot of the samples, like even, let's talk about the intro, man, Shots Fired, when she was going at Tory Lanez, the guy that the industry seems to want to cancel, but can't seem to necessarily get rid of, per se. I even think that song was weak. Like, it's it just all around, I just didn't feel like the music was very strong on that album. And, and, and let me be clear, I love that, I love the song, with SZA called Freaky Girls. I think that song's pretty good. Um, I, I love the song with uh, the, the City Girls on it. I think it's pretty good. Uh, I hate the song called Intercourse with Pop Smoke. I'm sorry, not Pop Smoke, PopCon. Um, the, the, the album just lacked a lot to me. And so I'm trying to be respectful, uh, but I will just say that this album was bad. It was bad. And if I'm rating this respectfully, I am giving this album no more than an average grade. This album is a C at best, at best. And, 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 and that's all I got to say, man. I could say more, but I'm going to leave it at that. And we can, we can debate back and forth, but I want to know what you got to say. That was not that bad a rant. That was not as ill-advised. I'm ever. trying to be respectful, man. Damn. Not, you come on. You we this is advised wise guys, not respectful wise guys. Go and talk your ish. Okay. Let me let me let we, me say what come I come on, man. That was way too that was way too PG. I know you I'm, got more. I'm glad you're egging me on right now. Let's get it, man. Thank you. This this Thank album you. is this album is trash. It's trash. Okay. Well, if I what? if I if if I was a weed smoker, I'm smoking Reggie. This album is Reggie. Wow. It's Reggie. This is not no. This ain't no Kush. This ain't the highest of that. No, no, no. This is Reggie. This is that bullshit that people got in the corner when they just want to throw something on. This album is trash. Let's be real, man. And and. and and, and I've been watching people being very delicate because, again, we have to be very delicate because Megan Thee Stallion has been through a lot this year, right? She was shot. Um, 
she, she lost a whole bunch of friends behind that situation. We still don't know the real truth uh, behind what really happened. But to me, I'm putting the, her real life aside from the music. And I'm just judging the music because I don't, I don't necessarily know what's true and what's not with everything else. I believe this album is trash. That's my real take. Now go ahead and try to convince me why it's not trash. Okay. All right. Well, let me, let me speak on behalf of just to piss you off. I know, I know what makes you mad. No, what makes you mad? I'm just gonna make you a little matter, okay? Please. Uh, did you know that this is Megan Thee Stallion's debut album? Number one. <laughs> <laughs> I did. I did know how they were marketing it. It's not her debut album. She clearly came out with like three projects. That's number oh, one. Oh, 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 my, my, my bad. Sorry, those were mixtapes. Sorry. Go ahead. That was number one. That's her debut okay. album. Number two, this will make you mad for several reasons. Uh, I'm looking at her Wikipedia, right? Critical reception, which we were on, right? Ratings Game was on as one mm. that graded, you know, uh, Megan Thee Stallion's album. I see one, two, three, four, five, six, seven, eight, nine, 10, 11, 12. 12 people they have on there that reviewed it. Mm. Do you know the average grade is a B plus of that album? That's foolishness. Nobody gave it lower than a B. Nobody. Out of those 12. Matter of fact, uh, somebody gave it 10 out of 10. Uh, I believe the British music site Gigwise gave it 10 out of 10. What they said, what most people were saying was they love how confident she is. They love how she's just exploratory when it comes to money, sex. She's not scared to talk about some of the things that us regular human beings are scared to talk about. So that's kind of what people feel about the album. I, for one, personally, which we all do this, right? We all do this. It's not my cup of tea. That's what I'm going to say. We got to stop that. We got to stop that. That's, that's too P. Don't be PC. Don't tea. be PC. See, you're doing what the people are doing when they want to skate out of giving a real review on a project. That's what you're doing. I am one of the people that are not on that list. I gave it a C. They removed me. Sure. I wonder they I wonder why I wonder I wonder why they removed, they removed you. Me. The great day the, the, you say it's Illuminati. I say it's Meganati. <laughs> they removed me. They removed us. Ratings game. We're no longer one of those 12. But um, I gave it a C. It's not my cup of tea. It's not my cup of tea. But the thing is, here's the thing that I didn't hear from you. And I'm going to need an answer from you. Why? You, you pointed to, you know, a couple of things. But I didn't really hear why you think it's an average album. I'm going to tell you exactly why I think it's an average album, but I'm going to tell you why I think people think it's a good album. So to me, I just thought that, you know, we talked about Ty Dolla Sign a couple episodes ago, right? <laughs> Fam, I told you why. <laughs> no, no, you, about. you didn't give I told deep, you why. What are you oh, talking you about? give a deep, deep dive. <laughs> I want to go deep. Man, it's Illinois WhatsApp. We go deeper. Yo, let's do it. Let's do it. Musicality, deeper. So let's do it. To me, Megan Thee Stallion's music. We talked about Ty Dolla Sign two episodes ago. 
what I said about Ty Dallasan is that he makes gimmicky music, but he's really good at making gimmicky music. I think Megan Thee Stallion makes gimmicky music, but she's not great at making gimmicky music. Like Ty Dolla Sign is a great singer. He has great melodies. Ty Dolla Sign just kind of, you know, understands how to put together a complete record. I think Megan Thee Stallion knows how to make a record hotter. I think Megan Thee Stallion knows how to make a song a lot more provocative, uh, make it sound a lot more explosive. But I'm not exactly sure what I heard, a good chunk of the songs that I heard on the album were, could be considered like good. Are they gimmicky? Yes. But I wouldn't necessarily say they're complete records. And it could be just because she's just a rapper. She doesn't really sing much. It could yeah, be that me, she's, yeah. she's, she kind of sounds the same from song to song. Yeah, but I wouldn't necessarily say it's gimmicky music. Because think about it, a lot of the beats were recycled beats from 90s and 2000s. And you, 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 it's almost like you are told that you're supposed to like this song before you even listen to it. Just based off the beat, just based off of how explosive she sounds. I am somebody that listens to songs complete and I dissect it. And what I dissected is just gimmicky music that's average. Gimmicky is not a bad word. Gimmicky just means it's what people want to hear, but then is it good? I don't think it's great. But however, I do think people see the album, the people that see it as good, they probably view just her, those things, like I said, the confidence, it's, on, it's great. Her energy is great. Her ability to make a club hit something that people in the club would like is great. And then people, I think, really just like her. So when you combine those things together, I understand why you would like the album because you like her. I don't think it's the music you like. You just like her personality. I don't think that's enough to call something good. So let me, let me, let me, uh, I I feel you. I, I feel where you're coming from. You know, I think you, I think you still being a little, you're being a little too safe. You're telling me I'm being safe. You're being a little too safe. You, I feel like you're saying what you, you kind of saying what you want to say, but you ain't really saying it. So let me go a step further, but I'm going to be more clear this time. Um, I feel like Megan Thee Stallion is extremely one dimensional as an artist. And listen, that is not always an insult. Matter of fact, I am actually not even meaning that as an insult. This is just me coming to the conclusion and recognizing after her putting out multiple bodies of work. I don't care if this is the debut, quote unquote. I I listen to the music, you know. Uh, I understand she may not make music for me per se, and I get that. I respect that, actually. You know, listen, that is a real thing. So I acknowledge that, but I I take it a step further and say, like I I brought up before, we don't say that about Cardi B. We, we, we don't say that about Nicki Minaj. We, we, we don't say that about, we don't even say that about, we didn't even say that about the city girls when they have the same, if not a little bit even more ratchet content than Megan Thee Stallion some of the time. We evaluated the album because it's music. 
I understand she's talking about these things that I can't relate to at all. Like, like she got a song with the city girls talking about dancing on the tip or do it on the tip. Come on, like, what you want me to do with that song? Like, only thing I can do is wait for a girl, well, my fiance now, to start dancing and me, we just start, you know, she start, I'm like, yes, woo, this is that twerking song, let's get it. I'm sitting up against the wall and we chilling. She, and she's having a good time to the energy of the song. So I get how music cannot necessarily be made for me or guys in general. I get that. I just feel like we don't do that with everybody. We don't use that same excuse with everybody. And it's interesting to me how we are very picky and choosy with who we choose to apply that that type of evaluation to. It's it's interesting to me. Interesting to me. I see I see when people do it and I see when people don't. And I think like you said it has to do with when you like the person when you like the person, you copping mad, please. I just feel like people are copying please right now for Megan Thee Stallion and not necessarily evaluating her music like it should be evaluated, especially because if we talk about how the star that we believe she is and how people look at her as, right? She getting nominated for Grammys, getting all of these different looks over here writing articles for the New York Times talking about protect black women, which is a dope article has nothing to do with this album. But look at the type of things she's doing. She's a star, right? I feel like the music is not matching who she is being propped up to be. And, and, and I'm not even the type of person that throws in numbers all the time, but I'm gonna do it right now. For Megan Thee Stallion to only sell 92,000 copies in the first week to me, that's pretty low for a Megan the Stallion. I would expect a little bit more from that. To me, again, I'm not a numbers guy at all. I actually try to stay away from that conversation. But but when it pokes out to me like this, I gotta take it into consideration to say, okay, all these publications are giving it A's and B's, right? It's critically acclaimed, right? Hmm. Then why is it not why is it not streaming well? As well as a star should be streaming. Why? Why is that? Those are the people listening, right? It's fishy, dog. It's fishy. I, I feel like Megan Thee Stallion, and, and I'm going a little deep with this, um, so you can pick this up wherever you want. But I just feel like um, I, I, I noticed that the public doesn't necessarily evaluate Megan Thee Stallion and her music like they do with everybody else. They're quick to quick to evaluate some another female artist's music, but with Megan Thee Stallion, it's a little different. And maybe it has to do with all the things she's been through this year. I don't know. I don't know. I'm speculating, obviously. But I just noticed these different things. It's, it's, it's interesting to me. It's interesting. These are just observations. The music is not matching up to her brand, bro. It's well, not. She, she gave you what you wanted from her. If you want to talk about uh, the, the artist actually pleasing the consumer, I think she she gets an A when it comes to that. She she did not step far outside of her box on that album at all. Same thing with City Girls. Like City Girls, people bashed the hell out of that City Girls album. I'm I like, it. This gave us what they do well. So I'm not prepared to say Megan Stallion's album is bad. I'm not prepared to say she's trash or anything like that. I actually I think know. she gave us what she wanted, but I do not think that she should be put on a pedestal as an artist. I, she's a dope person and her marketing has been amazing. And uh, how controversial, 
how how energetic the energy she brings to hip hop is refreshing. Yo, I love her. But I love what she does for sure. I think there's and this is a bigger issue. I think we need as a hip hop consumer to stop judging things. Like I'm tired of people telling me this slaps as opposed to telling me this is a good song. Like I get it. Stuff slap. A bunch of songs on that album slaps. Fine. But that doesn't mean it's a good song. It means it slaps. And I think she just has a whole bunch of stuff that slaps. That's it. That's, that's that, it. Hey, we, we should have that conversation one, one day on, on a, maybe another podcast. But like sure, the there's a, a lot of people. A song being a song slapping and it being good. Because I would actually argue, and you may or may not disagree with this. I actually you may agree. I don't know. I don't know what you're saying, but Gunna to me, right? Gunna to me, especially on his last album, Wanna, first and foremost, he makes a lot of music that grows on you. Like it's very hard to listen to a Gunna album or even a song and just be blown away. Like immediately. A lot of his music grows on you over time. And to me, that is the mark of a good song. A song that leans more towards it being well produced, well-crafted. We understand the content may not be very constructive, but it's music that is actually well-packaged and well-put-together. You see what I'm saying? Mm-hmm. I feel like that's what, and I'm using him as an example, I feel like that's somebody who's, who gets a bad rap. Gunna, Gunna's music is actually pretty good. Yes, some of his music slaps, some, a lot of it doesn't actually. Like, he makes a lot of music that is a very slow grower. It, it, it's You'll recognize it in a month. Damn, man, I really like that song. Shit. Whoa. Whoa. It's not, it's not very immediate. I feel like the song that Megan Thee Stallion put out with, with, with Young Thug, don't, what was the shit called? Don't Stop? Don't Stop. Yeah, pop that. Mm, mm, to, me, to me, that's one of them joints that like, yes, when you first hear it, it's gonna, you're going to be like, oh, okay, whoa. But then after the second, third time, you're just like, eh, this song is not that good. It's just not. It doesn't, I mean, to me, it doesn't push, it doesn't move the needle. Like, what it does is, it like, I, it's just, to me, it's gimmicky. And, and I, I, once again, I'm not trying to trash gimmicky music. I think gimmicky music is needed. But gimmicky like, good. Lil, but here's the thing. When you talk about the little Wizzy verse of the world, I can't believe I'm saying that. The Gunners of the world, the Young Thugs of the world, the J. Coles of the world, they are not making gimmicky music. They are making bodies of work that challenge the norm. Megan Thee Stallion is making bodies of work that are, are just electrifying the norm. It just makes it a little more electrifying. So that's just me. My humbling opinion, kudos to her. She's been very impressive, very impressive. But um, yeah, I listen, mean, man. I yeah, yeah, yeah. I, yeah, I um, huh? oh, sorry. Go ahead. My bad. I said we, obviously we're not the biggest fans of the album, but I get it. Yeah, nah. It's just it's it. You know, usually I always end off by saying maybe it'll grow on me. I don't think this will. I don't. <laughs> But hey, you gotta maybe, I tell you, you gotta hear it in the club. Listen to it. Yo, in the club. listen, listen, man. I, That's you know, when you know that, that that is a thing. That is a thing. So 
No, it won't. It won't grow on me. Nah, it won't. Nope. <laughs> <laughs> but yo, shout out to Megan, man. Shout out to Megan, man. Listen. Yes, sir. Uh, respectfully speaking, this is that's all this is. Yes, sir. Uh, let's move on though, man. That was a good little deep dive on Megan Thee Stallion, but uh, we got other stuff to talk about, man. Let's do it. Yes, sir. What happened to skills and interludes is our next topic. Hey, skits, man. What, what are you doing? Are, sorry, skits. I can't read, man. This this damn mac and cheese done distorted my, my eyesight. Um, what happened to skits and interludes? This is actually a topic that you came up with. And I, I want to figure out which direction you were going with it. Yeah, so, I mean, look, you know, we talked about it a little bit before the show started, right? Um, I I saw a recent interview that um uh well sorry I read a recent interview that Busta Rhymes did for uh Hot New Hip Hop if I'm not mistaken and uh he was basically talking about how his new album was long overdue right the one that just came out recently that had that Kendrick Lamar feature um it had a whole bunch of other dope music on it uh, matter of fact you reviewed it didn't you you did you liked it didn't you I can't remember it was so so it was so so. Yeah, I I didn't make my way through the whole album, but um, nonetheless, five tracks. Yeah, that was crazy. I'm not doing it, uh, especially with Busta Rhymes. I can't, not in 2020. <laughs> I'm just being real. Uh, <laughs> so he he brought up an interesting statement uh, slash topic for me where he was talking about how hip hop the, the the difference between how um where hip hop was when he was growing up, right, where he took off as a as a rapper versus how, what where the game is now, um, and he. You know, which I think more more uh, of the older artists need to be, need to do. Like he actually gave a lot of credit to the younger artists and how they are trying to shift the sound of rap and hip hop. You know, obviously we do a lot of that. We talk a lot about that on this show, and um, it was interesting to me to hear somebody like Busta Rhymes, who is now an elder statesman in the game actually acknowledge how even though he may not understand some of the younger music that's exactly what they did to Busta Rhymes when he was a kid they didn't know a lot of the old dudes didn't understand him but yeah he made he made a name for himself he created an audience he 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 made history he did a lot of things in his heyday and he deserves a lot of credit for that but what the why I'm bringing up this topic is because he also mentioned how even not only has the the sound of music changed, but even the, the the way albums are structured, even that has changed. You know, you look at the fact that uh, when, when we talk about hip hop albums, a lot of it consisted of skits. A lot of a, a lot of it consisted of a lot of interludes, um, traditional intros and outros. Like even the way the album was structured was just so different back then versus where things are today and you see artists over the years try to be consistent or try to um stick true to how things were put together in the past but not do it quite like it was i look at people like and by the way i'm not just sticking to um hip-hop per se but just some of the new school guys bryson tiller he's somebody who is is intent to have interludes you know um you look at uh kendrick lamar right Kendrick Lamar stay with a goddamn skit. He stayed with a skit inter, in, infused into an actual song, a consistent theme. Um, you look at, think about any of the rapidy rap dudes that you have loved over the years, whether we talking about Wu-Tang, whether we talking about people within uh, uh, Rockefeller, uh, uh, Dipset, 
all of these dudes, and again, I'm I'm kind of going back a little bit, but and it ain't that far. But just to see how albums have been structured historically versus where they are today, that shit has changed drastically. Now dudes is putting out 25 straight songs and expecting us to have the, the mental capacity to be engaged throughout a 25 song album. Like that's crazy to me. And, and, and to me it's, it's, and while we do it because we review albums, your average person is not listening to a 25 long project. I mean, look at, look at Chris Brown. He dropped a 50, he dropped two 50 song albums damn near. I think the first one was like 35 songs. The second one was 50. I can't remember, but it was a lot of fucking songs. Your average person is not listening to the album. That to me just, it, it screams of the drastic changes that have happened um, with just music. So I'm not just keeping this simply with hip hop per se, but, but, but I do think it's interesting, even in recent history, you know, some of the albums that we've considered classics were very concise and they told a story. Those were some of the consistent themes that we've noticed over time, you know, when we talk about, I talk about Kendrick a lot. Matter of fact, you and I, we argued about Kendrick Lamar a lot last episode. And what does he do a lot? Why are three of his albums that he's come out with considered, like arguably considered classic if, if they're not undeniable? It's not only because of the talent that he possesses. It's not only because of the music that he comes with and how it resonates with people. It's also the fact that you get that and then you infuse that with an actual story that's being told throughout a consistent body of work. And I think that's what's missing in music right now. Like a lot of artists are not packaging their music and telling a story. It's just a bunch of songs they compiled. Oh, let me just put that out. I'm calling it an album. Like it, it lacks that type of touch that music used to have back in the day that I think if a new artist were to just simply have that type of intention now, still make all them damn songs that you already gonna do, but A and R a little better, you know. Come up with an actual theme, you know. Put out a skit, maybe. Put out an interlude. Give people and package it in a way that people can really feel like, yo, damn, like that was an experience. I think music would be a, a lot more, I think, impactful for real, for real. I really do. I mean, what do you think about that? I'm, I mean, I'm not gonna lie. I, I when I always skipped skits growing up. Like we we had the traditional CDs like Jay Z, DMX. I always skipped it. Like I, I mean, you tripping? You tripping? That was always something I, I never. I never. When I heard the album for the first time, I never skipped it. Never. Now I when I now when I revisit the album after I already know the album, I, yeah, hell yeah, I'm skipping the skits. Yeah, for sure. I mean, interlude. Absolutely. Interlude almost felt like a commercial break the album where it's like <laughs> yo he, we just gave you five or six straight bangers all right take this little commercial break because you know there's no set structure for an interlude there's no set structure for outro like an interlude doesn't have to mean that it's somebody talking it doesn't have to mean that it's a short song an interlude could be anything that you want it to be and so like in today's day and age I personally don't think that interludes are super duper necessary just because flow, the way an album flows matters. And um, a lot of the albums are a lot shorter. They're about 11, 13 tracks. 
putting an interlude there might disrupt the flow of how an album flows. I think that is the reason why there's not that many, but I'm I'm actually okay with no interludes and no skits, no outro. Remember those always intro, interlude, outro. I'm actually okay with that. Especially if your heart's not in it. Like it, but but however, if it's a if it's an album that tells a story, sort of like how Kendrick Lamar's album tells a story, I think it's pretty dope to put an interlude on there. A lot of people are also even putting interludes at the ends of songs. But to me, I, I don't miss it. It's, it's as strange as that sounds. I don't miss it. You on mute. Yeah, thanks. <laughs> Yeah, I'm not mad at that, man. And I'm not, I'm not, I'm not even actually saying that you should miss it. It's more so me recognizing that look at how much music has changed. And also the creative artists still kind of do it in a way. Look at look at the album that St. John put out. Um, and we're gonna talk about it in a little bit, right? Yeah, of course he doesn't have a traditional intro, he doesn't have a traditional outro, doesn't even have a traditional interlude. As a matter of fact, I would argue that if you're really listening to the album, you would act, you can actually hear interludes. It's just not called an interlude. Like you can hear breaks in the album, little parts within the way the song starts, the way the song ends. And this is kind of what I'm talking about. So I think artists have switched up the way they're doing it. Um, uh, they, they switched up the way it's advertised, the way it's packaged. But the great artists are still kind of doing it. Like not all of them, but they're still kind of doing it. It hasn't quite gone away completely. It's just not being called out like it was before. Like I, I used to hate when artists used to have a song and it was called intro. And they have a song where it's called outro. It's like, bro, you have four albums in a row that's called intro. How, how do I know back in the day, you remember before like we could, we could actually sort things like we can now? It's like, Damn, DMX got two songs that's called Intro Prayer. It's like, damn, which one is the one from the album I like? Fuck. Yeah. Damn it. True. That is That's true. kind of annoying, man. It's like dudes have gotten more creative these days, the way they're actually packaging it. Intros are intro intros and interludes are songs now. They're songs, right? But they'll call it like such and such intro. And it's an actual real song. Or they like, might, or they may not even call it an intro at all, but you can. An intro yeah. just normally has this type of feel to it where you can exactly. feel that it's exactly. an actual intro. I mean, like Meek Mill brought back, Meek Mill kind of started that, making it super duper popular to have a dope ass intro. It's funny because majority of the albums that I rate, the intro is one of the top five songs. Majority of the albums, intro song. So it's, it's I think it's imperative of how your your your, your album starts, but like i can't see music going back to the days where the album starts with an intro that somebody's talking outro where it ends with somebody talk i can't see that anymore like that, that those days, long gone i don't want that anymore i i think my biggest thing for real for real my biggest thing with these artists and listen everybody's different but i think there's still a place for artists telling stories bro i don't oh. give a fuck you can be the most trappist dude like dude Think about okay. I'll give you. I'll give you a perfect example. You know who tells stories that in, in the most in the most unorthodox way, but it's still he's still a storyteller and he packages his music well. Young Dolph, you listen to Young Dolph's music, right? Think about think think about when he got shot up, right? Remember when he got shot up in L.A. years ago? He came out with an album called like Five Hundred Shots or some shit like that. I can't remember the whole name, but 
he told a story. He actually told a concise story about how he got shot and that the dudes don't want to do anything. Listen, as crazy as that sounds, I don't care what the content is. Just tell a story. It always makes the music better. I'm telling you. It always makes the music better. YG, YG does it too. Just My, like YG does it. They all do it. It makes all, it more of a classic album. In my it makes opinion. it more you thematic. Better, you have a better opportunity to make a classic album if you have intros, interludes. Outros. Look at look at look at Twenty One Savage and Metro Boom and Savage Mode Two. No, I was tight. That right? Was, they they that they're attempting to tell a thematic story. Of course, they they got one of the best to ever do, if not the best voice that you could possibly get to exactly. tell a goddamn story. And they exactly. got Morgan Freeman. Exactly. That was, like, get, crea get creative that was, with it. This, this is what I'm talking about. Like, get creative, dog. Epic. That was epic. That was epic. And, 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 and for real, for real, while, you know, we talked about that album, and, and, and I, didn't, I didn't think the album was that great. One of the highlights for me was Morgan Freeman being uh -huh. on the goddamn album. Like, that should tell you how important, That's like, breaks in the album still can be. You can still create a moment where um, if you do it right, it will actually hit. It will hit. That's true. That's a good point. That's a good point. So, so anyway, uh, I've done enough talking on that subject, man. Let's move on. Yes, sir. Uh, I sh I'll kick this one to you, man. So uh, let's get into a couple album reviews, man. Uh, we, we teased this a little bit uh, a few minutes ago. St. John dropped a new project, uh, a.k.a. Ghetto Lenny. Some of you guys may know him as that. Some of you guys may know him as Rose's Iman Beck. <laughs> uh, he dropped a new album called While the World Was Burning. Man, what a title. I have a lot to say about this, but I want to hear your thoughts first, man. What do you think about the album? Thoughts? Thoughts. What would you, th you think about the album? What? I didn't even say thoughts. I said think. Why are you throwing you that said, in? I see, where, you I see where your mind is at. No, you said thoughts. You said thought. Oh, I did. Um, it's funny. Me and you are like St. John stands. I think more so you than me. I don't. I I'm not as vocal about how good I think St. John is, but I've always felt like St. John is the truth. Uh, St. John, his last album, I think, is nothing less than a B plus. And I think personally, this album. It's nothing less than a B plus, personally. Probably a B plus, but nothing less than a B plus. Um, St. John to me is somebody that you can tell wants to be great. Now, everybody wants to be great, right? Like everybody wants to be the next MJ. Everybody wants to be the next whatever, whoever the greatest president of all time is. Uh, everybody wants to be great, but are you putting in the work to be great? Are you doing certain things that make you great? Out of all the people that I hear in music today, St. John is one of the few people that I think actually does things in his music that are great. Like, if you listen to his new album, While the World Was Burning, which is a dope ass title. Um, he doesn't only create melodies that are catchy, that are infectious. He goes overboard 
with the infectiousness of his melodies. He doesn't just talk about stuff that your average trap rapper talks about. He goes overboard with how he talks about it. And then also the way he sings. He doesn't sing like your average rapper that knows how to sing or a singer that knows how to sing. He sounds godly. Like he gives the uh, uh, great experience to the listeners. Like he gives you an experience that's out of this worldly. And throughout this album, that's what I just heard. I heard it. Now, I understand you guys. Um, there was nothing out of this worldly about Monica Lewinsky. What the hell? Like the baby is just rapping on there. A Boogie with the Hoodie is just rapping on there. How he packaged that song, how he, he hit us with a hook that is unbelievably catchy is next level. How he's able to just continuously hit you with next level songs on an album. Like you all, you, you constantly say to yourself, how is he gonna top this next song? Then he tops it. Like to me, St. John, and he's great, but I, I, I do know people are not appreciating him the way that he should be appreciated. Like I, even though I thought it was weird. I thought it was very weird. His first album came out and do you know what I felt like I was doing? I'm looking around the room like this, like, yo, y'all ain't hearing this. Y'all ain't hearing this. I'm looking on social media. Y'all ain't hearing what I just heard. I heard like one of the greatest albums I've just heard in my damn life. Are y'all hearing this? So when the first album went by, I was like, okay, cool. Like, Maybe something's wrong with me. Maybe my standards are very low and I hear this guy's album and something's wrong with my ears. Let's see what he does next. He, he drops roses, people love roses. I'm like, oh, for sure. People are going to love this album, for sure. They love roses. He's now somebody that's real popular because of roses. They're going to soak this album up. I found myself doing the same thing again. I'm, I'm looking around like, yo, where's the buzz? I understand Megan Thee Stallion just came out. Cool. I understand The Recession just came out. Cool. You guys go listen to those other albums and come back to St. John and realize how great it is. It's not there. This is troubling to me. And that's what I'm going to tell you right now. Not you, but the world. Please appreciate St. John. Because what he is doing is on the level. Remember, I, I gave you, I gave Lil Uzi Vert credit. I said Lil Uzi Vert. Somebody else said the same thing about Lil Uzi Vert takes what everybody else is doing and takes it to another level. St. John is doing the same exact thing. But his level of appreciation compared to Lil Uzi Vert's level of appreciation is not even close. Please, let's appreciate St. John. Please. That's all I got to say. Look, man. Uh, good take. You know, I'm, I'm going to pick up right where you just left off. Because I will agree with you as well. It is troubling to me how undercovered St. John is. And look, I'll be real. I'm sitting back waiting. I've been sitting back waiting for about a year now since he dropped 
Ghetto Lenny, Ghetto Lenny's Love Songs, which by the way, that album is incredible. Um, clearly it was so incredible that he decided to remix three songs from that project and put it on this new one, right? But, you know, listen, if you're somebody who just found out about St. John, go back and listen to the other ones. Like, I can actually make a legitimate argument that if you fuck with High School Reunion, comma, prom, featuring Lil Uzi Vert, you will be blown away by the original. That was one of my favorite joints from the last project. Uh, and so he remixed that one. He also remixed Monica Lewinsky, threw on the Baby A Boogie. That was another one that was also one of my favorite ones from the last project. Had no one, on, well, sorry, had A Boogie on it, but he had a different verse. Incredible verse A Boogie put up. Uh, there was another one, Roses. You talked about it. Like, I was prepared to come in here today and put on my St. John cape because, by the way, yeah, I might be a bigger fan than St. John. You actually went to Montreal to see him live in concert. Like, I have never been to Montreal, period. And I said to myself, fam, I got to go to a, Mon- a St. John concert. I looked at his tour. Damn, he just missed D.C. Where's his next one around my birthday? Hmm. Arizona? Nah, I don't feel like going to Arizona. Hmm. Montreal? Hmm. Montreal? You know what? Fuck it. I'm going to Montreal. Like, I don't go anywhere to go chase any dude down. And I'm telling you right now, I was prepared to come in here and really, like, put on a cape for St. John. But I just feel like I have faith in you guys. You guys. That you guys will step out of your senses and just understand that this dude's music is so next level that you will be regretting that you didn't see it earlier. You know what I'm saying? Like, it's, it's crazy to me. Um, I don't know about you, Q, but I'm one of the people that, like, you know, when and it sounds like you are, but, like, when, when I really like something, I'll go searching around. I want to see what everybody else is talking about, right? Like, I want to see what the what people on Twitter are talking about. I want to see what the YouTube comments under his videos talking about. I want to go look at reaction videos. I want to go see, like, yo, are people even talking about this album? What are they saying? And it was alarming to me that this man's music is not even being acknowledged. And I'm like, huh? Ooh. So so it begs a different, a different question to me. Because if you and I are both saying, yo, this music is so next level, why is it that he's not being covered? Or is it still too early for St. John? Would you say that? Or do you think it's something bigger? Like, in other words, could it be the, the Christian approach, the 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 seemingly blasphemous images that that he seems to be presenting with his not occult you know the cross i don't think that has anything to do with it but i've seen people say that like what what do you think that is the reason why he has not ascended to the level in which you and i feel like he actually should be at i think i will say this i think saint john's not relatable He's not a relatable person at all, at all. Even content-wise, I I love St. John. I, I enjoy listening to, to his music. I can't relate to a single thing he says in the music. But <laughs> we watch Star Wars, right? We yeah, can't relate to Star Wars, and people love Star Wars. We, we watch all these science fiction stuff, and we love it. But I think hip-hop has now become a relating game. Like, if you can relate to that artist, their look, whatever, 
then you get more love. He is, I repeat, when it comes to his look, when it comes to how he moves, he moves weird too. When it comes to the, the melodies, everything he does is like not relatable. Like it's, I don't it's, think it's, it's unorthodox. I, it's unorthodox. I be, I, honestly, yeah. I, I love St. John, but I don't think I would want to be his friend just the way he, he moves. Like <laughs> I don't think like we can just get a drink at the bar. Like to me, he just seems like he almost seems like Batman. Mm. He seems like a hip hop Batman where he just has this darkness to him, this like anti-social. That's crazy you say that. He, awkward. He's, like a, he's like he's like a character almost, isn't he? He's like a character. He's like a character, a dark character. <laughs> now, and now, I, now that's what the problem is, honestly. Now, now that's funny you say that because I I as you as you're saying that, I'm thinking of other people who I believe are characters that people really love. To me, Travis Scott. Travis Scott is a character. Not in a not in a like extreme way. I just mean his whole presentation, like the way he moves, his mm-hmm. videos, his presentation. You know, it was fitting to me that he put out that um that album called Rodeo, where he was standing on top of the the monster truck and he mm-hmm. was like an action figure. That is like a perfect depiction of who I believe or how I believe people view Travis Scott. They look at him like he's an action hero, like he's an action oh, yeah. character. And oh, that's yeah. a that's an interesting observation. I, I never thought about that. St. John is that type as well. But, you but see, it's interesting to me how, how, how Travis Scott is heavily revered and heavily loved. And you got somebody that's dark and and who is and is knocks the and, walks and, the line of and blasphemy. Is, and is not loved. He's not loved. No, I mean, here's another thing, too. <laughs> Hip-hop is always about cosigns, right? Travis yeah, Scott yeah. was cosigned by Kanye. Travis Scott was working with T.I. Travis Scott was well-known in the hip-hop industry. His come-up was, like, through affiliations with Quavo, affiliations with a whole rack of people. St. John's affiliated to nobody. St. John is just a dude that just does his own thing, he doesn't continuously work with the same people like he just moves very very weird and i think that <laughs> people because pe- you know what what happens is travis scott gets popular because people are like man i've been vouching for travis scott i like the dude i don't think you can say the same thing about saint john when he gets popular you're just kind of like oh there goes that guy that's getting popular now that's it like you don't, don't know, man. you don't feel like I don't think people feel happy for him. <laughs> yeah, I don't I don't know, man. There's something there's something it's missing. Weird. It's very weird. There's, there, there's something missing. However, again, if we judge in the music, um, I'm here to 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 say this all day, and I will continue to say it. Musically speaking, St. John is just ahead of a lot of these people. Oh, He's yeah. ahead. I said, I said I He's said. ahead. He and it's makes, not even close he makes for a lot of these dudes. Next level. There's only a few people in the hip-hop industry that makes next-level music. He is one of the few people that makes next-level music. So, yeah. please listen to him. Please. All right. we'll, we'll see if they do, man. I don't think people care. I think they should care. 
we will see if he blows up. I believe he's starting to get a little bit of traction. I've been seeing the, the, the publicity go a little bit more like aggressive towards promoting him. And I've been like, what the hell? Like he's on this, he's on that. What the hell? What? Oh shit. So it seems like he's going to ascend. We'll see how big he gets. But again, if we talking about music, this ain't a discussion. He should be St. John. St. John is that dude. I don't, um, I don't know, if you know. I don't know if you know. I don't know no. how many units he sold. I don't know what his. I have no idea. The board chart. They didn't even show it. They didn't even care to show it. And that to me is weird. That's that's not a good it's sign. So easy. They, they showed Megan Thee Stallion. I'm like, I don't even not know. That. For neither not of his albums, not this one or his past one. That's a fact. That's not that's not a good sign. And actually, you said, and I'll say this last right before I, I get up out of here. But um. You just said that he's not affiliated with any artists, and that's true. Um, what's interesting about St. John is I realize, I recognize and just understand a little bit of his story and through interviews and shit like that. He is actually managed by Biggs, the dude who is one-third of Rockefeller. Oh, so yeah. he is actually affiliated through a lot of dudes, but he, he's not aligned with a particular artist, per se, which is kind of yeah. what you're talking about. Like, yeah. Yeah. Who is the cosign artistically that's being like, yo, go fuck with this person? Kind of like what Rick, Rick, what Rick Ross did to Meek Mill, you yeah. know? Like, who is the guy that's like, yo, check him out? Is that like that, that, about, that helps? That helps a lot. That helps a lot. Literally, think about all the people that are popular right now. Think about all the people that are popular. Like, Young Thug was affiliated with a bunch of people that were co signing Young Thug. Um, Gunna co signed by a bunch of people. Lil Z Vert co-signed by a bunch of people. Like, uh, who else? Travis Scott co-signed by a bunch of people. You know, Megan The Stallion was co-signed by a few people here and there. Like, it's it's he don't really got no co-signs, which is which is interesting. We shall see if that hurts him or not. But uh, yeah, let's move on, man. Good topic. Good the ba- the baby dropped. My brother's keeper, long live G. That is a uh, a deep a deep EP. It, it came out of nowhere. Um, I wasn't expecting it at all, and I thought it was a good EP. Uh, what, what do you think about it? Yeah, I you know this is one of them projects from the baby that I actually really really enjoyed. Um, you know the thing about the baby that I think everybody has realized over time is that we have been waiting for the baby to really give us a different sound, which I think he has since done ever since people started complaining. You notice how them, them, the things that people used to complain about the baby about, you don't hear those rumblings anymore. Oh, the baby, oh, the baby keeps rapping the same. Oh, the baby keeps saying that he the same flow. And then he came up with Rockstar and everybody shut the fuck up. And then he came out with Blind and everybody shut the fuck up. And then he came out with, what's that other joint called? Practice. Like, there's a lot of songs that he switched up on his last project, which was called, um, what was the name of that joint? The last album. The actual album. You know what I'm talking about. Anyway, yeah. regardless of the name, y'all know what I'm talking about. He was sitting on the damn, uh, oh, Baby on, no, no, I said, I'll say Baby on, Blame It on Baby. Isn't that Blame the name? It on Baby. Blame It on Baby. Blame It on Baby. Blame It on Baby. So, he dropped that during quarantine. It, it consisted of Rockstar. I think all of the concerns that people had about the baby are gone. And I think that the baby has now settled into 
where he where it feels like he wants to be musically like some of these songs really really are good man like some of my favorite songs on this project are gucci peacoat which i thought was a really deep song catchy as well about how he was talking about his experiences of trying to get people to vote in his hometown of charlotte north carolina you know what I'm saying he was w- working the polls wearing a Gucci P coat. Meanwhile, his brother had just committed suicide. And so that's who he meet when he says long live G he's talking about his brother. I thought the song in just was it was just so catchy, but the baby finally gave us more than just a verse or more than just one song full of the introspection that I think always is going to set an artist apart from the pack. You know, when you start dealing with we start dealing with a, a rapper, you know, it's, it's one thing to talk about the trap. It's one thing to talk about the violence. It's one thing to talk about all the things that everybody expects you to talk about. But when you're able to talk about real things that are affecting your real life and make it come to life like he did in such a short amount of time on this EP, bro, I'm impressed. I'm impressed. Like, and I, and, and I, didn't, I didn't set out to, to really love this project, but it, digesting it, it really it really uh, hit me in a, in a good way. Like I, like I said, I like Gucci Peacoat. I like the intro, uh, My br- uh, Brother's Keeper. I like the last song, More Money, More Problems. I like the song, Hang Up With No Cap and Polo G. I like the song, Shania. Like, I, I think I damn near like every song except for um, the song featuring Tusi called Biz- Business. And uh, I, I don't even like the one with Meek Mill. I'm not a fan of that joint. Um, but all in all, like I said, short project. Um, rest in peace to his his brother, man. I know, man, I, it sounded like that really hurt him and you can hear it in the music. And for somebody like the baby who was so aggressive in his music to tap into those type of emotions and sound authentic, yo, you got to give it up. Um, not only for that, but the fact that I think he delivered on the music. So I like it. I thought it was a good project. Okay, that's fair. Um, I'm going to go a different angle with this whole thing. Um, obviously, I think the project is is decent. It's pretty solid, I would say. But the growth that the baby has shown, I don't think gets enough credit. I, while I was trying to look for the name of the album, uh, Blame It On Baby, I just kind of went through the baby's catalog. And on Apple Music, the baby's catalog goes far back as 2017 with the uh, album called Billion Dollar Baby. From 2017 to, he blew up about 2019, right? Would you say like he blew up about 2019? Uh, I would say the top of 2019, the top. Maybe the top. Right, when he dropped Shug. Shug Yeah, No, Blame It On Baby came out 2019. Yeah. But it was around March, April, if I'm not mistaken, but yeah. To me, I think it's pretty astonishing to a lot of these artists have to go from nobody cared about me literally in 2017 billion dollar baby nobody was talking about me nobody was messing with me to about two years later I'm on a Dua Lipa song I am on every single person that is Poppins album I am nominated for a Grammy just two years ago, nobody cared about my music. Like, I don't think we talk about what that does to your mental. 
you start not trusting people. Your life is now put in the, the, the damn media for people to see every single second. You get criticized for things that I did in the past. And now you're talking about, oh, your flows are old. Oh, you need to switch things up. Oh, you rap over the same beat. Like what the baby has had to experience in the last three to four years is nothing short of crazy. And so what I find so interesting about this album is for one of the first times, I actually cared about what he was saying. Like when the baby came out with his first album back in 2017, do you think people cared about what he was saying? Do you think people cared about his life? The baby has now become somebody that you actually care what he has to say. You actually care about his personal life. You have to actually care about what he's going through. And for one of the first times, one of the first, because he did it on Blame It On Baby too, or not, not, not Blame It On Baby. He also did it on Kirk. Remember, he got like three, four albums in one year or, or in less than two years. On Kirk, he really got personal. And on the intro. On the, on the intro. intro, right? He's talking about his father that passed, which in in which is crazy. In, in three years, he blew up. His father passed, his brother passed, and um, people are telling you to switch your flow up. Like so much stuff, things are going to miles, miles. And, and for him to still put out a body of work that was still continuing to show that he's still trying to grow as a human being, as an artist, and for him to be cared about to this level, is, is astonishing to me. Like, forget the grade. C, B, whatever the hell you want to give it. I don't care about the grade. I'm more astonished at what he was able to do with that album. The purpose behind that album. And the fact that, damn, we care this much about this dude. We actually care about his well-being while listening to the album. It's It's... Everybody wants to talk, you know, it's funny. Everybody wants to talk about what the American dream looks like, right? Everybody wants to talk about the American dream is you have a nice house. You, you have a, a dog. Uh, you have, you're making good money. You have a wife and kids and such and such and such. Why isn't this the American dream? A dude that two, three years ago was not cared about to a point where now he's the biggest dude. Now got a Grammy. Uh, Grammy nominated, like it's astonishing. His his career can stop right now, and he had a successful career. Point blank, period. I don't think enough people give him credit for that. Yeah, that's real. That's real, man. Um, yeah. No, I mean, I agree with I agree with everything you just said, man. And. Uh, like I said before, man, rest in peace to his brother and his dad and all and all the people that's that lost someone, man. Like, you know, that 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 to me was like the biggest thing. You know, it was like, damn, for somebody to have lost someone close to him and like still be making music, to me, that shows you the power of music. Because while one person can be like, look at him trying to profit off of his own pain. Why are you making music talking about your brother? You want to sell album? Like I've heard, I've heard people make these type of claims. And while I think they're stupid, I think everybody's entitled to their own opinion. Like 
I understand why people are saying that, but I just think it's crazy to be able to muster up the artistic and the creativity that it takes to drop a project. Not, on, not, not just, not a song, not two songs, like a project covering the subject, man. It takes, number one, it takes a lot of uh, hurt. It takes a lot of deep dive uh, introspection. It takes a lot of courage, man. So uh, shout out to him, man, because like I said, the project was actually good. But even if it wasn't, I was gonna say personally, I think that's that's interesting point. I just wanted to say I think I think it's somebody that yeah. like wants to keep going. Like you know, you don't yeah. want to mourn. Like you want to keep going. You want to keep this wave going. Which you know, I get that. I get that, and I just I just hope that he finds the proper time to mourn like properly you know so that that's that, that, that's just my opinion i mean it, it, this could also be a way of mourning for him so um but yeah you can't tell you can't really tell people how to mourn right people people tried to tell people tried to tell tory lanes how exactly. to how that he couldn't put out music um expressing his own side of the and i know this is a completely different subject but i believe when you're dealing with musicians we don't want people who truly look at this like art. It's a form of expression. Music can be therapy for yeah. a lot of people. So listen, man, if this was his therapy, more power, power to him. him. Like, um, I have respect. Yeah, man. I have respect for what he was able to do. Yeah, he, he got a lot of respect for me. He really did. He's, he is one of yeah, the he, real he ones. Did. Like, he's one of the real ones in the industry. 100%, man. Um, on that note, man, listen, we've talked a lot. We've discussed a lot. We've ranted a lot. We've been ill-advised uh, summertime, not a lot. Anyway, we hope you guys enjoyed the show. If you stayed this long, if you're on YouTube, give us a thumbs up, give us a subscribe. You already know the brands. Q, you wearing a shirt, Dream Vision Network, Ratings Game Music, the Ill-Advised Wise Guys podcast is in a eardrum near you, hopefully in yours. Subscribe if you have not always. We appreciate everybody for the support. Follow us on Twitter. And as always, because I've done a lot of talking, if you're giving advice, make sure it is ill. Peace out. Bow. Say goodbye to your credit card rewards. Greedy corporate mega stores, led by Walmart and Target are pushing for a law in Congress to take away your hard-earned cash back and travel points to line their pockets. The Durbin Marshall credit card bill would enact harmful credit card routing mandates that would end credit card rewards as we know it. If you love your credit card rewards, tell your lawmakers, hands off my rewards. Tell them to oppose the Durbin Marshall credit card bill.